So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. And I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I got just a little bit more energy, just a bit of a bigger smile on my face today because I am coming to you live from St. Catharines, Ontario. This is my home. I am back home. I'm in my studio. Oh, I can hardly believe it. We're, uh, we're home safe and sound here after five weeks of traveling in Europe and just had the time of our lives. I was I was actually sharing with our, our team this morning, you know, um, what my wife and I have accomplished in the last year, you know, living seven months in Jamaica, getting to go to Europe for five weeks, uh, her launching her album and me launching my book. I mean, we have had a, a crazy year, very glamorous, I think, from an external standpoint, you know, as far as just ticking the boxes of travel and personal accomplishment and whatever. And um, we are we are in awe and just total awe of what God has done. And I really mean that because if you know our story, you know, Shalom was really sick when we were engaged. There were times where we didn't know if we were ever going to get married. And um, there was a lot of people concerned for us, you know, and it was in that season where I sort of crafted a vision to be a better provider for my family or future family. It's where we really started to hone in on what was causing some of these health challenges for my wife. And it's where we started to dream big because we just realized that where we were in our lives was not God's best for us. And you could, I don't know, maybe you've reached this point in your life where you you can kind of see the trajectory and you're like, you know, if I continue down this path, where this ends up is not where I actually want to be. And I just had one of those moments. And so we started to get really clear about some of the things we wanted. And I mean, it was like, you know, being able to be in Jamaica longer term, being able to travel, you know, being able to fund my wife's music projects. Uh, the list goes on and on. And it's just wild to think that that was only, you know, three, four years ago that we were in that place. And, you know, here we are now, just a banner year. And um, all the glory goes to God. It really, I mean, we could have never done this on our own. We're just incredibly grateful. And I'm I'm just a little bit awestruck. So it was an amazing trip. And uh, the reason I brought this up is because I was sharing this with my team. But, you know, despite all the glam and all the kind of cool external achievements that we can brag about on Instagram or wherever, the one of the coolest moments we had, we were in Brussels and we had a day to kill. And the only thing we really knew that we wanted to do that day was get a Belgian waffle. And we had stayed at a hotel that was just, you know, in kind of the heart of Brussels, which is the capital of the EU, plus sort of the, you know, the the center or the big city of uh, Belgium itself. And so we just decided to rent some scooters and ride around for the day. There's this big park beside us and then obviously parliament buildings and all kinds of stuff. And man, we just had the time of our lives, like little kids giggling while we kind of ride on our scooters. And, you know, like I'm like kind of like pretending to run into her and she's running away and taking videos of each other and, you know, I don't know. We were just like little kids, you know, and we got these big Belgian waffles at the end of it. 
And we had a couple moments like that where it was just like, this is so fun, you know, just getting to travel, husband and wife and really best friends, you know, just making memories together and some some really cool moments and some really seemingly ordinary moments that were probably even more meaningful that happened on that trip. And I'm super grateful. I um, I say all of that to, to set things up for where we're going today, which is creative ways to fund your recovery. Um a little bit of background about me. We're, we're about to broach uh, a secondary taboo subject, which is finances. The first being, you know, sex and recovery and porn addiction. But I, I think it's important we talk about this because the reality is if you want to get quality solutions out there, you probably are going to have to invest some finances. And that's just not always feasible for some people. You know, um, Life is not necessarily cheap uh, by any means. It depends on where you live, but really wherever you live, uh, a majority of people are working paycheck to paycheck, just trying to make ends meet. And, you know, we all, everyone deserves help the same way. And it's, it's unfortunate that finances could be something that stops people. And so you might be in that position and you might be thinking, yeah, I would love to do your program, Sathya, or do another program, or, you know, some people don't even have money to buy a book, right? And, um, I want to just start by saying I've been there and I get it. In fact, uh, that moment I described when we had reached a, a point where we looked ahead and we thought, if our lives continue the way they are right now, we will not end up where we want to be. Uh, what catalyzed that moment was I was starting to get into finances and wealth and starting to think more about it. And I couldn't even afford a book. There was a book called Poverty, Riches, and Wealth it was by a guy named Chris Valentin that I followed quite a bit in those days. And I was like, man, I really need that book. And I couldn't even pay for the book. And um, and so thank God my dad had bought a copy and he had finished reading it. He let me borrow it. And, you know, that was how I got information early on was just going through my dad's books because I couldn't afford books myself. So there's no judgment here if you don't have funds. But if you're in that position where maybe you can't even invest 20 bucks or maybe you're like, I can't, I couldn't invest a couple thousand dollars if I wanted to because the money's just not there. I wanted to do a, a little two-part series just offering some ideas and some ways to kind of look at this because what we have observed is that actually when when people really want to find the money, when they really want to make recovery happen, the money usually shows up. And sometimes God provides in extraordinary ways. And sometimes the money was just there all along. And so in the tomorrow's episode, or it's not actually tomorrow, I think it's two days from now, we're going to release one that's about generating income. And this is more about, you know, creating side hustles and how you could maybe leverage some of your skills. This could be, um, you know, even asking for promotions, that kind of stuff. Um, actually, no, sorry, promotions I think we're talking about today. But um, the real focus of today is about finding hidden money. In other words, there's there's likely some places in your life where there's money available and you just have not looked there yet. And I want to try to draw your attention to those areas so that you can find some funds to invest further in your recovery journey. Now, let me just go a little bit further back before I dive super deep into that. The first thing you really want to ask yourself is, is recovery my priority in this season? I talk about this quite a bit in the last relapse. In fact, uh, I had a couple of my early readers and one of my editors who said it was one of their favorite things about the book was the overarching theme of seasons and priorities and how important that becomes in navigating day-to-day -day life. 
So we talk about this a lot. And my question to you first is, like, is recovery a priority for you in this season? Because the right answer is always going to be, of course, recovery is my priority. I'm not trying to, like, you know, corner you into just saying it's a priority so we can get on with it. What I mean is in the season you're in, when you look at your life, you look at some of the biggest pain points, some of the things that are causing the most friction, the the most challenges and everything else, is recovery the priority? Like if, if in this season you're like, you know what, I just need to get my marriage on track, is recovery the thing that does that? That's the first thing we want to know. If you're like, man, maybe this season you're like, I just, my thing is I need to get my confidence back in order. I want to start feeling good about myself again. So is recovery the thing that's going to help you do that? That's the question you need to answer first. Because if the answer to that is no, then the reality is you don't care what the creative ways are to fund your recovery. What you're looking for is the convenient ways to fund your recovery. And the convenient ways are to have the money. So that's an important thing for you to know. Now, the one thing I will ask you, if if recovery is not your priority, a question you need to think about is what are the consequences of you going another season without recovery? So if you're like, well, you know, Cynthia, in this season, I'm really just trying to be a good parent. I really just want to raise my kids well. So yes, I need to get uh, rid of the porn thing, but you know, uh, parenting is kind of my focus. So then the question is, well, how long are you going to be a parent? <laughs> it's like, well, uh, you know, parent is, parenting is a lifelong thing that you sign up for. So, I, I mean, it, again, it's not to say that you may not have a season where you invest more in your parenting abilities, but you're a parent for life. Whereas if you can recover now, you can actually make an investment into your ability to parent later on down the road. So that's what I mean is like you just you have to make sure you think all this stuff through. Don't become too unidimensional in how you answer that question of whether or not recovery is your priority. Because the reality is if you do a recovery program that's you know structured properly, it is going to have an impact on basically every area of your life. That's what good recovery does. So even though your focuses might be on finances or careers or relationships or social life or church or spiritual growth or whatever... Recovery is going to impact all those things. So you're just trying to ask yourself, does recovery help me in my top priorities if recovery itself is not the priority? Hopefully that makes sense. And one of the ways you can kind of frame that is asking yourself, what are the consequences of going another season without recovery? Now, the other thing I I would remind you of as well is the, the... the time scale really helps a lot, right? Because sometimes people are like, well, if I make recovery my priority, then, you know, like that could be like years. And it's like, well, yeah, it could. It could be. But for most people, um, they have they have seasons where they're really concentrated on it. And sometimes they get it all one and done. And sometimes it's like, you know what? In this season, I went from watching porn every day to watching porn once every couple months. And then you kind of, you know, your priority shifts somewhere else. And then later on, you know, you get another season and you drive it the other way. I'm just saying there's different things that this can unfold. Now, if you do this really well, like we've structured our program for four months. Most programs that we've seen in the market are three months long and there's nothing wrong with that. But we just found that three months is just not long enough to actually effectively change someone's behavior long term. Certainly enough to turn the boat. It's not enough to actually get it, get it going in the correct direction. And so we do four months. It's really intense. It's full on. And after those four months, your life is totally different. And, and so all that is to say is, you know, 
you're not committing to a, a lifelong thing here. It could be just a little burst. And if you feel like you have the energy and that it truly is a priority for you, then here are some ways that you can find hidden money. Okay, now when I say hidden money, I'm not talking about get rich quick schemes. I'm not talking about pyramid schemes. I'm not talking about multi-level marketing or that kind of stuff. I'm not even against some of those things if I'm being honest. Um, I personally just you know don't do them. But what I'm talking about is there are ways or there's money that is available to you right now that if you were to actually dive into these things a little bit, you would be able to come up with some cash that you could invest into a recovery that is literally going to change your life, your future, and your destiny. Okay, let me give you some examples, okay? Savings. So some people will not touch their savings. It's like, these are my savings. We only use these for emergencies. We only use them for whatever. I totally agree. My wife and I have an emergency fund. We do not touch it unless, unless there is an opportunity for us to use some of them. We have like a, a cutoff. We won't use more than a certain amount. Unless we have an opportunity to use some of them that we know is going to better our lives, in a way that will have a tangible return later on. So, for example, if if we have a chance to invest in our marriage and we have the savings there for it, we might dip into our savings a little bit to invest in that marriage because a healthier marriage means I'm going to perform better at work and probably make that money back pretty quickly anyway. So, savings is there. Investments, again, same idea. People are always like, oh, I can't touch my investments. I would never touch that because, you know, they need to grow long term. And as soon as you touch, you, you know, you dip into them, you really hinder your returns and whatever. Let me ask you something. If you become really rich because you never touch your investments, how much do you think you're going to enjoy them if you're still addicted to pornography? Like, again, I, I totally get it. I, I mean, I literally use the graph of compounding interest in chapter two of my book, I am a, I am all for the long-term um, compound interest kind of effect that happens with our finances. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying we have to keep this stuff in perspective because if we become really unidimensional about it, it could actually really hinder us from making the, the choices that are going to move the needle forward and help us get the life that we really want. You know, one of the, uh, where we started offering a more expensive program probably about two years ago. We just, we kind of were thinking of ways like how could we really pamper our clients? How could we offer something that would be just above and beyond, like totally next level? And so we came up with this offering and the first or maybe it was the second person who signed up for it, when he heard the price, he said, okay, yeah, no problem. I just need to move some things around, but I can, I should be able to pay that in a couple of days. So when somebody says I can move a couple of things around, what they're saying is I have the money I need to just get it out of an investment, get it out of an account, whatever it might be. So we've seen people do this. That person has had unbelievable results. His career is dramatically different and he is like active, still very active in our community to this day because he's been so impacted by what's taken place in this program and he's been pretty involved in another program as well. So all this to say is, you know, savings, investments, those are some options there. Um, Uncashed checks, this is if you're Canadian. So if you're a Canadian, uh, you should sign into the CRA My Account. There's a little category there called uncashed checks. And so if the government has ever issued you a check and you haven't cashed it in yet, you can actually fill out a form to get that thing resent to you, cash it in. So my wife and I, um, we found like over a thousand bucks through that nice little feature. So that's just uh, specifically if you're Canadian. Okay, another way that you can find some hidden money is selling 
unused or um, irrelevant items. So this could be old textbooks. This could be video game consoles. This could be furniture. Uh, this could be other kinds of electronics. There are literally no, there's no end to what you could sell that you currently have in your possession that could give you some cash that you could invest in. Uh, sorry, that you could invest into your recovery. One of my colleagues, a guy named John Franco Martinez, if you've been on Instagram, you've probably seen him. He has uh, blown up on that platform in the last eight months or so. And he started helping guys quit porn about a year and a half ago, maybe a year ago. And he signed up for a program that I think at the time was, you know, somewhere in the range of four to $6,000. I forget how much it, it, it came out to. And to do the program, he wound up selling his PlayStation. Um, he found a bunch of other like just quick ways that he was able to, you know, sell off a couple things because he was a young, he's a young kid. He was 21 at the time, I think. And, um, and so he sold a bunch of things and he used it to fund his prog the program. Now, this was not a recovery program. He was already recovered. This was to fund a program that helped him build his business that is doing incredibly well now. And all of it was because he just found some items that he, in that case, I think it was an item that he was actually using, not even an unused item, but something that he saw as less valuable than the investment he was going to make into his life. And you know what's crazy? He could buy himself all the Playstations in the world he wanted to now just a year later. So for you, you might have some valuable things as well that you think, you know, I could never get rid of this. I could never get rid of that. But what if... What if in doing that, you got the money to invest in your recovery and in becoming a recovered man, a man of integrity, a man that God made you to be, you then came up with the skill set, the confidence, the opportunities, whatever it might be that was going to get you the resources so you could buy those things back later anyway. Wouldn't it be worth it? So that's where, that's where I mean like a, a frame like that, you have to really think about the season and the timing and the implications of porn persisting in your life. Because that's where some, sometimes it's like, it's like, oh, wow, Cynthia, that sounds a little bit pushy or a bit manipulative. Well, I don't want it. I don't mean it that way. But what I do mean is you want to make sure that you keep this in perspective because many of people have lost out on their opportunities to get free and to actually quit just because they didn't have the perspective of a short-term investment for a long-term gain where they can literally get their initial investment back anyway. So selling unused items or, you know, even used items that, that are just valuable that you're willing to sacrifice for a season could go a really long way. And uh, two more things that I'm going to mention here. Rental income is another really powerful one. And man, thank God for the digital age. I mean, this is one of the easiest times we live in to rent stuff out. You could, I mean, there are, you can rent clothes, you can rent out electronics in addition to the more traditional ways of like, you know, renting a room in your house or an apartment, or you can even Airbnb your place. You know, there's a guy, he's, he was a grade younger than me and he's married. And what he does is he's got, you know, a, a decent house in a decent location. And so he's in a, you know, a reasonably reasonably popular place for tourism and that kind of thing. So on the weekends, he rents his house out and he goes and he lives with his parents, with his wife, just for the weekend. You know, his parents have like a little guest suite or whatever, or some room for them. So they go live for the weekend and they rent out their place and they make a couple grand on the weekend. Now, like I said, it's an exceptional location. You may not be able to make those kinds of numbers depending on where you live and what you have. 
But again, like this is the activity of somebody who means business, who needs that money and is finding ways to make it work. And all that is to say is you probably have more things that you could rent out than you realize. Turo is another thing that is making our cars rentable. I'm really thinking about this one because I hate that cars are depreciating assets. It just drives me crazy. And so Turo to me is one way that you can actually get some value from your car. And then of course, you know, in doing so, you can then write off everything that you do with your car as a business expense or at least a majority of it. So you have some some options to to really think about for that. But all else to say is I guarantee there's something in your possession that you could rent for decent money. Uh, you know, a shed, a room in your house, it could be your car um, and that kind of thing. And these would be very easy ways minimal management and some nice cash flow so that you can invest into your recovery. And the last thing is promotions. So if you have a job, then you want to think about what might be some ways that you could uh, please your boss, hit your, not hit your um, KPIs, but really go beyond what is being asked and, um, and get a promotion. And sometimes it's just as simple as asking, not necessarily asking for a promotion, although sometimes that is the right thing to do. Sometimes it's just saying, look, I would like to be making more money. I would like to move up. What would be required of me to do that? And and just, you know, keeping it as simple as that and then just doing what they tell you to do. But again, you have the job, the promotion is there and any good leader is going to give you a pretty straight answer to a question like that. And boom, just like that, you now have a clear path on what's required of you to start making some more money. And like I said, with that extra money that you start to make, you should invest that into your recovery, into your well-being. I mean, what would it look like for you to, you know, spend the next four, six, eight months getting some cash, doing a recovery program, making some huge strides so that a year, five years, 10 years later, your life can look dramatically different in your relationships, in your spiritual life, and in the calling God has placed on your life. So this is not an extensive list, but these are some ideas. I hope it gets you thinking a little bit. And uh, what I really want you guys to just, again, ask yourself is what are the consequences if I do not recover? If I continue down this path, is it really worth it? to let the finances stop me from getting the results that I deserve in my life. What we're going to talk about, um, episode 381, is creative ways to generate income to fund your recovery. We have some really good ones here. My wife and I have uh, done quite a bit of this the last couple of years, uh, some side hustles and that kind of thing. And we should I should just mention actually some of these things I've done. Um, we've sold a bunch of unused items. Uh, we do that pretty regularly. I mentioned we've dipped into savings. And we have a basement apartment in our house that we rent out and it pays uh, almost all of our mortgage, actually. So, um, you know, these kinds of things have given us some some advantages. We still live uh, pretty minimally. I don't pull a very big salary from my company. And uh, the reason for that is because I want the money to stay in the business so the business can keep growing. And we just don't need the money. We can we can live on a little bit. And the money from the basement rental helps a lot with that. So, uh, again, lots of ways to do that. And because I've left money in the business, I've been able to uh, buy into some more expensive masterminds, buy some more expensive programs and coaching. I've been able to do a bit more travel to uh, you know to events and that kind of stuff to learn and to grow and to ultimately step more into my calling. And I want the same thing for you guys. And I guarantee you there's opportunities knocking at the door. You just have to take a look for them. So the last thing I would encourage you to do is pray. Pray God would open your eyes and, and bring some avenues for you to get some extra cash if that's necessary for you. 
so that you can invest in your recovery and becoming the man God made you to be. So that's everything for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more tips like this, all you have to do is subscribe. We post daily. And I guarantee you, if you found this valuable, just you wait. We got some really good stuff coming up. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Thea again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.